Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast. It's your weekly drop back into Whatcom County prep football on the Doug Lang Network at onthedln.com. Now let's hit the huddle with your hosts, Doug Lang, Jeff Bearden, and Tyler Anderson. Welcome to it. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, we said, you know what? No show during Thanksgiving. But don't worry, we'll be back. We'll be back for state championship week. That's how confident we felt that there would be a Whatcom County team in it. And we are rewarded. That's right. Welcome to it. It is episode 13 of the Cover 3 podcast. Yours truly, Doug Lang, with you, along with Jeff Bearden and Tyler Anderson from WatcomPreps.com. So glad to have you listening along, whether you are doing it online at OnTheDLN.com or if you're going the podcast route through Apple iTunes or TuneIn Radio or Stitcher.com. Either way, we're just happy that you are listening along. All right, I'm hitting the wrong buttons here. It's been a while. Been a couple weeks. And uh, while I was away in lovely Maui, I didn't think about you guys at all, but I am very happy to see you both right now. I have also cranked the heat up here in the studio to about 85 degrees. I'm wearing shorts, uh, the old billabong shirt here. I will not acknowledge that we are no longer in Hawaii. Uh, So if you guys can keep me insulated between uh, the studio to the car to the dome, where at least there's heat, that'll work out pretty good coming up here for Saturday. Well, we're glad to see you, too. Absolutely. So, yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of strange was, not doing a podcast or a game the last two weeks. It's, but, a, it's know, been it, a little bit weird. It has been weird. There you go. But we're back at it. Absolutely. And can I just say, this is as jam-packed a show as we have had all year long, and uh, appropriately enough, as we get ready for a state championship matchup, the Linden Lions, the third, uh, the number three seed, taking on the number one seed, uh, and one and three in the rankings overall against the Hawkinson Hawks for the 2A title. That game is 1 o'clock Saturday at the Tacoma Dome. We'll be down there to cover it all. You can hear it beginning at 12.30 with the pregame show at onthedln.com. We'll hope to have you listening along. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Coming up on the big show, uh, we're going to hear from a couple of players for Linden, the dual QBs. We're going to hear from uh, the the head coach for Linden, Blake Van Dalen. We're going to talk with Ryland Spencer from CascadiaPreps.com as he'll give us a rundown on all of the other matchups. Oh, yeah, there's five other games for state championships as well. Uh, and also look back at a fabulous run for uh, the Linden Christian Lynx. It comes up just a little bit short. That's all ahead, but how about if we jump into it right now with our opening kickoff. Time for the Cover 3 Podcast opening kickoff. All right. Now, while I was away, I, I and there's film that's been sent around and there's follow-up on all of this, what we saw last week was a dominating performance for Linden in the semifinals as they beat up on Fife 31 to nothing. It took Linden a while to get started, but once they did, they rolled over the Trojans at Spark Stadium. QB's James Marsh and Brock Hepner each ran and threw four touchdowns in the win. Uh, I don't know that any of us thought that this matchup would be as lopsided as it was just given the size of Fife alone. Yeah, that's the big thing that everyone said about Fife is that they were huge up front. Um, And they were just kind of a pounded, you know, it was just kind of a smash mouth type of football. Linden can play that way, but they also have a lot of dynamic athletes as well. And uh, you were right. It took them a little while. I think they had some bus legs. You know, it's a long ride, and it just weren't ready for it. And then the second quarter, they scored a couple late, and then they just rolled after that. Jeff, uh, the advantage that Linden had, too, was they played against Tumwater the week before against that wing tee. They see it again. That, that's a that's a pretty good recipe for improving, especially when they escaped Tumwater in the previous round. Yeah, you know, they, they, it definitely was an advantage. You know, uh, 
they Fife ran it a little bit differently than than Tumwater did, but you know the basis is the same. And I think you know the big thing that helped Linden was once they got that lead, Fife they don't throw the football, yeah. and so then they were in real trouble because you know fourteen nothing may as well have been thirty nothing at that point because when you have an offense that's not high high octane and can throw the ball down the field really fast. You know that that played to Linden's advantage and helped them tremendously. Brock Hepner says they learned a lot from their narrow victory in the quarterfinals, and it paid off in the semis. Well, we knew coming from the Tumwater game that most of our struggles in that game was our fault, and that we knew when we cleaned that up, we were gonna, you know, put it together. And we're a pretty good team when we play together like that, and it showed last Saturday when we came out and rolled over them. So once again, the the dual QBs get it done. Uh, both Marsh and Hepner, along with four others on the football squad, also won a state title in basketball last year. So now they chase after a football championship. What does Marsh think they learned winning on the hardwood that has transcended to the gridiron? I'd say the biggest thing is just the leadership involved with it. We've, we really dug down this offseason, put in the work. We've really convinced everyone that you're not just going to win the championship, championship week. You're going to win it the 15 weeks prior, the year before. It's all it's all your work put together. It's not just out one week. The defense, uh, they, they kind of get lost sometimes in all of this because of the high-octane offense that Linden runs, and they like to throw it. Uh, it stood out. Holds the Trojans to just 200 total yards, 10 passing yards. Oh, it's a little bit deceptive because that's not what they do. But defensively, this Linden team that's pitched three shutouts, they can rise up. Yeah, they all levels are, are do a really, really good job. Um, you know, like you said, the 10 passing yards, that was only on three completions, and they had two interceptions. So they almost had as many, you know, they caught the ball almost as many times as the five receivers did. Actually, their return yardage ended up being more than their, their receiving yardage. So, uh, yeah, they're just great all over the place. They there's You know, the defensive ends can contain the edge so well. you got great tackling middle linebackers. you got Brendan Kleindell who can do a lot of everything, and you got a couple of corners that have combined for 10 interceptions on the year. I mean, they just they have it all over the place. So Linden wins in the semi. Finals. They'll play for a state championship. The other semifinal involving a Whatcom County squad did not go the way of the good guys. The Linden Christian Lynx fall to Newport 27 14. The Lynx fell behind early 14 0 in the first half and just couldn't catch up against the number 10 Grizzlies. A day where the bounces didn't go the way of Linden Christian. Newport capitalized on a third and long pass that went off an LC defensive back's hand right into the wide or right to the wide receiver for a score in the first half. Newport also successful in executing a fake punt in the fourth quarter to keep a drive alive. Sometimes it's just not in the cards. The Lynx end the year at 10-3 and after winning a share of the Northwest Conference 1A Conference title. They graduate seven seniors and bring back a very talented and now experienced group of juniors and sophomores. It has been a great run and a return to dominance for Coach Kamick and the Lynx. Yeah, I mean, you know, we... We all thought, you know, they were going to be a lot better this year than they had been the last few years. And, you know, a lot, a lot of juniors on that team, not too many seniors. A lot of people thought, you know, this is their year or next year would be a better year for them. And this year would be a year they improve. But they just I mean, they took it to a whole new level this year. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about uh, Coach Kamink is that his defense is always extremely strong. And and that really, sh- you know, shined through. Uh, yeah, only seven seniors, but I think all seven of them played a huge role, really strong leadership up front on both sides. And, and Sam Faber, I just love what he did, you know, as a linebacker and as a tight end and doing some fullback stuff and just doing a lot of different things. I talked with LC coach Dan Kamick earlier this week about this great run coming to a finish. And we started off by talking about the slow start in the semifinals. Well, so much of it is start, you know, and to get down 14 to nothing right off the bat, um, I thought shored up some things defensively there, made some changes on the fly, and the kids really responded well to that. Managed to get through the second quarter and third quarter, still looking at 14 points for them, and, you know, shortened it, got it to 14-7, but, you know, it seemed like one side of the ball was working, the other side wasn't. And offensively, we kind of caught fire a little in the second half, but then defensively, we weren't able to get them down. And, you know, it's credit to them. It's what you'd expect to see in the semis. They had three athletes in particular that gave us a lot of trouble and we just weren't able to quite get over the hump on them and so 
Yeah, you know, that's a that's kind of a long bus ride back, and you kind of reflect on it and think of what you could have done, but then eventually as you kind of roll into this week, you really kind of take account for the season we had, and there's just so much there, Doug, to be really proud of. Dan, obviously I know that you wish you guys were advancing and, and that you wish you would have won, but it's also one where I, I know that you tip your hat to Newport, a very good team, and it should make for a very good final against Colville, who obviously pulled off the big upset in knocking off Royal. Well, that was, you know, that game happened right before us. And, you know, with, you know, Colville had one of those games that, you know, you have to have against a team like Royal. They had an interception for a touchdown, a kickoff for a touchdown. I believe they recovered some fumbles. So it played well. And then when that happened, we were like, boy, that's an opportunity for us because obviously Royal's the piece that everybody talks talks about. But uh, you're right. Newport was pretty phenomenal against the run, especially. We never did establish that. And then, uh, you know, just had some kids that, uh, you know, we've played a really good schedule. But, you know, really, to be honest with you, they had some kids that were of the caliber that we had not seen. And we just did not do a good enough job tackling them or finding them in space. And ultimately, that was our demise. But um, our kids fought like they played all year. I mean, they just played really hard and gave us a chance at the end, just couldn't quite do her. Uh, Coach, uh, if I had said to get the start of the year, 10-3, and three, a, a share of the league title, first one since, what, 2001, and a trip to the state semifinals, I think you would have taken me up on that. Just how, I, I know it ended not the way you wanted, but just how impressive has this year been for you and your, your staff and your guys? Well, I mean, you know, I had to make a decision coming back whether, you know, whether I wanted to be a head coach again. I had kind of put that in my rearview mirror and was pretty much thinking that was the end of it. And so when it came back around for me, you know, if I was going to come back, I wanted to try to get back to where we had been in the 90s and the early 2000s. And uh, so that really was satisfying. And as much as I think we've got our program at least heading that direction, it's going to be up to the juniors and sophomores to continue what the seniors kind of put out there for them. But, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, if you had pinned me down in August, I would have thought, you know, we're going to compete really well. Um, could we get over the Baker, Nooksack, Meridian hump? Yeah, we did. We were able to split with Meridian and Baker and get Nooksack twice. So a share of the league title, a trip to the semifinals. Um, you know, again, as I mentioned, the further you get away from it, the more thankful you are for players and coaches and fans and just the you know the the good fortune we had to be in that situation. It's it's rarefied air when you get to the semifinals, and uh, it was good to taste that again, and good to see a bunch of kids who had not seen it before experience it. And we're hoping that experience really kind of encourages the younger classes to uh, really commit to what we're doing out there. Yeah, Dan, you certainly have a great uh, junior and sophomore class that experienced all of this, and will be expected to, to you know continue on next year, but. Seven seniors who uh, who kind of went through the, the highs and lows of it here over their their run. Sam Faber, Lucas Ostink, uh, Jalen Aintall, uh, Blake DeRider, Jake Leibold, Simon Anker, and maybe a guy you've heard of, Dylan Kamek. Uh, <laughs> what did you say to those guys? What was what are your thoughts on those seven outgoing seniors that have obviously had to kind of ride through all of this and didn't get the ultimate payoff, but had a pretty darn good senior run? Yeah, you know what? You're right. They've seen it all and. Um... You know, I guess the thing I would say about them would be, you know, they bought into what is required to be a successful program. I mean, they did not. I mean, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of work that people don't see. There's a lot of weightlifting in that. And these were kids who just took what the coach asked them to do and did it without question. And uh, I felt they deserved um, some success like that. And it doesn't always work that way, but it did for them. And so, you know, we got lots of things to say to them yet. We'll have an end-of-the-year banquet. I'll be able to address each one individually and thank them for what they did. And obviously they leave a hole, you know, as far as playing ability. But I think the the bigger vacuum could end up being the type of kids they are. Um, so we've got great kids in that junior and sophomore class that I'm hoping learn the lessons. Um, on a personal note, to be able to do that with your son, Doug, is, phenomenal experience um he loves football and it's something he really enjoys doing and to do it with your son um that was very special and so i'm very thankful for that opportunity
My interview with Dan Kamick from earlier this week links a fabulous season. It comes up just a little bit short in the semifinal round, but they are loaded for next year. Oh, boy, here it is. Ah, Time to crunch the numbers. Time for Tyler's stats. What do you got for us? Well, with uh, Linden playing in the state championship game, they've played in a lot of state championship yes, games. Yes, indeed. So I, f- I figured I'd find their their state champion game records okay. that they've had. Yeah. And so um, so here they are. Uh, Josh Kraft in 2012 against Tumwater threw for 376 yards Oof. in the state championship game. That mm-hmm. is their record for passing yards. Receiving yards in that same game, Zach Viss, 271 receiving yards, which might be a two-way state championship game record. Ooh. Um, Alex Otano Gunther had 11 kicking points in that same game, five extra points and two field goals. Rushing yards in a game, you have to go back to 1991. Scott Notaboom okay. had even I didn't call that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one was on TV. I yeah. remember watching that I game. Do. I do remember that. Yeah. Game, yeah, against Medical Lake, he had 140 yards rushing. I believe he led the state in rushing that season as a junior. And um, and receptions in a game, Zach Viss, that same game against Tumwater, and Blair Bomber had they each had nine receptions. And uh, Blair Bomber was in 2008 against Prosser, and I believe the longest punt for two A state championship game, or maybe three A was it was against Bellevue, was a uh, Elijah Tadema about 67 yard punt. And it's it's in the record book when we get the when it'll still be there. So that nice turf can get a good bounce every once in a while. I don't want to set anybody up, but I'm expecting all of those records to be broken coming up on (laughs) Saturday. I look forward to it. Well, there you have it. That is our opening kickoff. Ah, Feels good to be back. Coming up next on the Cover 3 podcast, we look at all of the other Gridiron Classic State Championship matchups as we're joined by Ryland Spencer of CascadiaPreps.com right here on the Doug Lang Network. The prep football season is underway, and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. It's Linden versus Hawkinson for the 2A State Championship Saturday. Coverage from the Tacoma Dome begins at 12.30 p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. You're listening to the Cover 3 Podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network. Yours truly, Doug Lang, with you. Glad to have you listening along, whether it is online with us or via Apple Tunes, Apple iTunes, that is, to be exact, or if you are listening to us on Stitcher Radio or TuneIn.com. Either way, thanks so much for listening along. Gridiron Classic coming up this weekend. How about six teams will be crowned champions? Of course, our game, Linden, taking on Hawkinson for the 2A state title. We'll have that game 12.30 with the pregame, 1 o'clock the kickoff right here at the Doug Lang Network online at onthedln.com. That means there's five other games that will be going on. And, well, we don't follow a lot of those teams on a regular basis, so we figured, you know what, let's get somebody who does. We found the right guy. Ryland Spencer from CascadiaPreps.com. You have seen him out or read his stuff online, I'm sure, as he's at about four games each week during the football season, and we got an opportunity to talk to him earlier today about the other matchups. Started off by asking him just what his excitement level is at for everything that's going to be going on this weekend at the Tacoma Dome. Well, you know, it's an excitement, and it's kind of like a disappointment all in one. It's it's exciting that, you know, here we are. We get a crown six state championships this weekend, but also disappointing. I mean, football's coming to an end. I don't know what I'm going to do after uh, after Saturday night. <laughs> well, let's jump right into it. We don't want any disappointment. Let's go with nothing but upbeat here. We'll start with the Friday matchups. In the 2B ranks, number two, Kalama, number four, Napa Vine. That's the 4 o'clock game on Friday. Both of the teams out of District 4. Kalama, a 10-game win streak. They beat Toledo 47-27 last week in the semifinals. Napa Vine, eight straight. And Kalama beat Napa Vine in week number two in a tight affair. Oh, by the way, Kalama is your defending 2017 champ. Napa Vine, your 2016 champ. Great matchup. 
Yeah, I'm excited for this one. This is, I think, a tremendous way to kick off the Gridiron Classic. You've got two teams that know each other really well. You've got two fantastic coaching staffs. And you have two of the best players in the state at the 2B level. Alex Dyer, the quarterback from Kalama, is uh, our, our uh, I guess it would be defending, reigning uh, small school player of the year in the state of Washington for Cascadia Preps. Uh, Dawson Stanley from uh, Napa Vine, the quarterback over there. Two, you have two quarterbacks that are both very athletic. They can throw the ball very well. And, I mean, I think this game is going to be more, way more wide open than the first time they met. You mentioned 20-13. to 13. I expect this game to be very high scoring. We move on to the 3A ranks, the 7.30 affair on Friday. Uh, giant surprise, one versus two. Eastside Catholic, number one versus number two, O'Day, both with 11-1 and one marks, both out of the Metro Conference. Crusaders, 10 straight. They crushed Bellevue 41-3 to three last week. Fighting Irish have won six in a row. It'll be a very good Mountain View squad that I saw earlier this season, 24-7 in the semifinals. Oh, yeah, and it's another rematch. Eastside Catholic beat O'Day 31-13 in the first week of October. Another great matchup where the reseeding really worked out well to see two teams that are familiar with each other play for the title. Yeah, absolutely, and this is the matchup everybody wanted to see in 3A. Look, with, with all due respect to, to Bellevue and to Mountain View, this is the matchup everybody wanted to see. Well, outside of maybe the people that just despise private schools, this is the matchup everybody wanted to see. Look, you've got, you've got an Eastside Catholic team that has as much talent as I've ever seen on a roster. You have an O'Day team that has a lot of talent, but just has a, a system and, and a formula for doing things that just breeds championships. You know, Monty Kohler's been there for 35 years. Uh, or 34 years. He's got something like 335 wins. He's actually not too far behind Sid Otten for most all-time uh, wins as a as a head coach. I'm excited for this one. These two teams know each other so well. Look, they play every year. Uh, they've met in the Tacoma Dome multiple times when the semifinals were there. This is the first time these two have met there as uh, you know in the state championship. I believe this is the eighth year in a row. Eastside Catholic or O'Day has been in the finals. Now we get them both in the finals at the same time. That place is going to be rocking and rolling. Uh, I'm excited for that one. We're talking with Ryland Spencer from CascadiaPress.com right here on the Cover 3 podcast as we look ahead to the Gridiron Classic. Remember, our game is the 2A state championship, Linden versus Hawkinson, 1 o'clock Saturday. We'll take to the air at 12.30 with the pregame show. So let's jump ahead to Saturday, the first one of the day, 10 a.m., number five, Colville versus number 10, Newport. Colville 10 and two, Newport 11 and one, both out of District 7 in that Northeast League. Colville ended Meridian's bid for a return to the title game with a win over the Trojans in the quarterfinals, and they shocked everybody with a 31-28 win over number one and three-time defending state champ Royal last week. They've won 10 in a row. Newport's only loss comes to Colville. 28-7 back on October 12th. They've won five straight. Grizzlies looking for their first state championship in football after losing last year in the semifinals. I don't know that many people thought it would be number five versus number ten for the state title. I mean, I think everybody expected Royal to be here. And, and look, at the beginning of the year, I had Royal and Colville as number one and number two. So is it completely surprising that they beat Royal? No. But... Is it surprising they beat Royal? Yes, because that is a team that was on a 53-game winning streak. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. They were number one in the nation for current winning streak. It doesn't matter anymore. We're looking at Colville. We're looking at Newport, two teams that know each other. Uh, Randy Cornwell, the head coach at Colville, has been there, uh, I believe, 19 years. And uh, if there's anybody that could get a win this weekend that everybody in that classification would be super excited, I think it's Colville. Uh, you know, this is a team that lost their first two games of the year, started out 0-2, and you never want to start 0-2, even if it's non-league or anything. You don't want to start 0-2. And apparently there was some, some infighting. You know, there's some things going on in the locker room people were not happy about. you got to give credit to the coaching staff. They steadied everything. Their quarterback, John Knight, is a tremendous athlete. He's a very good wrestler. He, he just He's the type of player that comes from 1A schools. At the end of the day, I really like Colville in this matchup. But you know what? Number 10, Newport, I mean, that's a team that has beat 
Linden Christian, who you guys know was a very good football team. Oh yeah. They beat they beat Zilla, who was number two in the state. I think Zilla might have been a little overranked, but look, they were undefeated, hadn't given up a lot of points, so it's hard to put them anywhere other than two. And they beat a good LaSalle team. I mean, this is a this is a battle tested Newport squad, and frankly, right now, these are probably the two best the two teams in the state that might be playing the best football of anybody. All right, now let's jump ahead to a little eight man football, so get ready for a lot of scoring here. I've called more than a few of these that seem to take about well a full day. In the one B ranks, it is number one Odessa, uh thirteen and O against number two Almira Cooley Heartline, twelve and one, the four o'clock game. Odessa looking to end the reign of the defending champs now Myra Cooley Hartline, who put up eighty points in beating Sunnyside Christian for the one B title last year. These two teams have played for the championship before, go all the way back to two thousand and seven. Warriors down in the Tigers thirty eight fourteen. Your thoughts from the one B clash. again, this is the the two teams everybody wanted to see. And look, frankly, these are the two best teams in the state and it wasn't even close pretty much all year. Uh, Nacell looked like they were a decent football team, but, you know, they gave up something like 82 points last week to, uh, to Almira Cooley Heartline. Almira Cooley Heartline has put up 182 points in the last two weeks. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. You've got two incredible coaching staffs, uh, Jeff Nelson over at Odessa. Uh, obviously everybody remembers him from Lacrosse Wash Tukna. Uh, Brandon Walsh has been at Almira Cooley Heartline for a long time and he's got uh, three or four state championships of his own. You've just got you've got great athletes on both sides of of the ball. You've got McGuire Isaac, the defending, uh, reigning whatever you want to say, one B state player of the year. You've got uh, for Almira Cooley Hartline. You've got Marcus King on the other side. You've got Camden Weaver Weaver at quarterback. There's so much talent on this field. This game is one of those ones that I think could either be really low scoring, like a I say low scoring, but I'm talking like 40 to 35 game. Or this could be like this could be one of those games, like you said, this could be like a cricket test match. It could go all for your night, and you can end up with like an 85-80 game here. I mean, this is incredible. The the amount of talent. Uh, Odessa, I believe, only has three seniors on their roster, so this is a squad that looks like they're going to be really good for the next couple years. Almira Kubi Highline, they don't want to give it up, so. You know, the game that they played earlier this year, 56-22, I was out there. There was a couple minor things for Almira Kubi Heartline early in the game that kind of ended things and, and really put Odessa, I mean, they got going real fast. So if they can clean up some of those mistakes, this could be a fantastic football game. Finally, the nightcap, 7.30 Saturday night in the 4A ranks, two undefeated squads, number one, Union versus number three, Lake Stevens, both 13-0. and Union out of the Greater St. Helens League as Puyallup 35-28 last week in the semifinals to advance. They beat the 2014 champs Bothell and the 2015 runner-ups in Skyline in the first two rounds of state. Titans looking for their first state title. Highest finish second in 2008. Lake Stevens also looking for their first football crown after finishing second place twice. Most recently, though, all the way back in 1994. Vikings averaging an eye-popping 48.2 points per game. But they survived a defensive-minded affair in the semifinals, beating Woodenville 28-14. What are we going to get out of the finale? I'll tell you what. I don't know what you're going to get. I mean, this is a game. I've got to. I've got to write a predictions post uh, later today for our website, and I still am not 100% sure who I'm going to pick. Look, I've had Union number one in the state since about March when I really start looking at things. So it's it's hard for me to to bet against them, but. Lake Stevens is playing very, very good football, and they do it with a, with a balanced attack. They can run. They can throw. They've got probably the best offensive line in the state. Their left tackle, Devin Colaney, is a Division One prospect. Their left guard, Logan Bruce Jones, is a Division One prospect. They're both juniors. Their center, Wyatt Hall, is also a junior. The reason he's not a Division One prospect is because he's only about six foot tall. If Wyatt, if Wyatt Hall was 6'3", six, 6'4", six, he's probably looked at as a Division One prospect. They've got so much talent. Their defense really rallies to the ball. Their quarterback Trey Long is a senior. This is his first year as the full as, as a full true starter. Last year he came on late after an injury to their starting quarterback. But there's there's a lot of talent on this field also. And I'll tell you what, the Union Titans are about as talented as, as anybody you're going to find. Quarterback Lincoln Victor is just 
an unbelievable athlete. I wrote about him earlier this week and just said he has that it. What it is, I have no idea, but everybody just gravitates to him. And when he's out on the field, everybody elevates their game, and it's incredible to watch. It really was. He single-handedly took over that game last week against Puyallup. They were down 14, and he just basically said, hey, you know what? I'm not going to allow this. We're here. We're going to the Dome. You just have to deal with it. And Darian Chase, who's headed to Nebraska, he got injured last week. So the big key is, is, is he going to be healthy? If he's healthy, you got to really like Union's chances. If Darian Chase isn't healthy, it could be uh, it could be some tough waters for the Titans. But, again, I mean, here we are a couple hours away from writing a predictions post, and I'm still not 100% sure who I'm picking in this game. That's my interview from earlier today with Ryland Spencer from CascadiaPreps.com. Check out his stuff. We'll see him in the T-Dome as he brought us up to speed on five of the six Gridiron Classic games coming up this weekend. You know what that means. Do up next, we'll preview our game of the week, the 2A title game between Linden and Hawkinson. We'll hear from Lions coach Blake Van Dalen, more from QB's James Marsh and Brock Hefner, and get a Hawkinson breakdown from Paul Valencia from ClarkCountyToday.com when the Cover 3 podcast continues on the Doug Lang Network. Hi, I'm Doug Lang. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Doug Lang Network. We're happy to present this audio stream and hope you enjoy it. If you're looking for great local sports content like scores, news stories, photos, interviews, blogs, videos, and more, then check us out online at www.onthedln.com. It's the online home of the Doug Lang Network, complete with social media links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Local voice, local teams, local roots. The Doug Lang Network, online at onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. It is the Cover 3 Podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network. It is Doug, Jeff, and Tyler with you. Whether you are listening to us on Apple iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Stitcher.com, or if you are at on the DLN.com. We appreciate it all nonetheless, and we welcome you back to episode 13 of the Cover 3 podcast. It is time to look ahead to our big matchup on Saturday. It's our game of the week. The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week. It's Linden versus Hawkinson for the 2A State Championship Saturday. Coverage from the Tacoma Dome begins at 12.30 p.m. Breakdown. All righty, time to break this one down. I don't know if at the start of the year when we looked at that gauntlet as it was described by Coach Blake Van Dalen that we thought Linden would be here. They're a very talented team, but here they are. 12-0, number three versus number one, Hawkinson. 12-0, 1 o'clock Saturday in the T-Dome. The Lions looking to dethrone the defending champions. The Hawks riding a 26-game win streak, looking for their second-ever state crown. First trip back to the state title game for the eight-time champion Lions since 2014 when they fell to Cedro Woolley. Just how excited are you for this matchup, Tyler, when you think about what we saw at the start of the year, one of the first places we visited at the beginning of the year, you know, before the, the start of the year, the camp, and, and just that excitement that you could feel out in Linden, and it's paid off here for the Lions. Yeah, I've been thinking about that all week. We were there the first day that they had pads on. It was a Saturday morning. And it was, you know, it was kind of dewy in the air, and it was, it was the fair was still going on. I mean, yep. it was, it, it it was a really cool feeling, and they just they looked huge. They looked like they were having fun, but they looked like they were getting stuff done, and there was something about it. And you're right to think that they'd be here. Yeah, I could see that. I didn't see a 12 and 0 record here. No, you know, and so I, for them to get by everybody. And, and looked pretty good doing it. They've had some close ones, obviously, that Tumwater game, that Burlington game was pretty close that we, we covered. That was, you yep. know, that was, they pulled that one out. But it's just so cool. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to see them uh, do this and uh, really excited for Coach Van Dalen. You know, I, I, yep. you know he's, been a, he's been an assistant for so long and he's played in a state championship game. He's been an assistant coach in a state championship game. Now a head coach. He's got to be excited and his kids are 
playing so great right now. The two teams had very different semifinals. Linden dominated Fife last week, 31-0 after getting off to a slow start. What stood out about the win for Coach Blake Van Dalen? I think the biggest thing was we played a clean game in the sense of we had the one turnover early, uh, but we really didn't let it phase us. Um, we got our feet under us after that and, and played as close to a perfect game as we've played this year. Defensively, we were watching film this week, and there was a lot of well done, nice job, perfect execution versus last week against Tumwater. Uh, we had a lot of mistakes that we needed to fix, and we obviously did. Offensively, I thought we were much more consistent. I think we were about 50-50 uh, run pass when it came to yards. Uh, the play calling was a lot more conservative, and that's good. kind of like it that way. And uh, so I just felt like there was good balance and a really clean game. Clean game, not a clean chin. The playoff beard is out for Coach Blake Van Dalen, and uh, he's going to wear it all the way through, hopefully, a state championship. I did happen to mention to him, if you win it, you just got to keep it all the way through next year to try and repeat. I don't know if he signed off on that. Uh, Jeff, you were kind of feeding me updates as to what was going on while I was in the islands, and I was paying attention, not just uh, soaking in the sun or in the uh, in the ocean. Um this was a slow start for Linden, but, man, they just punched the gas once they got on the board. Yeah, it, it did take them a while to get going, you know, but getting those those scores right before half, you could tell they got the momentum going, going their way. They got to the locker room, and, you know, they just – you could tell when they came out in that second half, they were ready to go, and it was their ball game, uh, and they proved it on the field. Hawkinson had to rally to beat Liberty 27-24. The Hawks scored the final 20 points to pull off the victory. Paul Valencia covers Hawkinson for ClarkCountyToday.com. He says the Hawks have had some rare tests the last couple of weeks. Part of it is that Hawkinson is just not used to playing close games. They won 26 in a row, and I think you could say three, maybe four were close. Everything else has been in blowout variety. And I think it, it kind of caught up to them. And, and, you know, Coach Rick Steele has, has said he'd been waiting for games like this to see how they'd react. Um, uh, in, in the quarterfinals, they were up 35-7 to with six minutes left in the game, and then it turned out to be a 35-28 game, and they had to recover an onside kick. Uh, so, so they survived that. They got the big cushion in that game for what appeared to be another lopsided victory, and then it wasn't. And I know they went into the Liberty game thinking, okay, well, we got that out of our way. We're going to go cruise against Liberty. You know, we, we beat them before. And then Liberty almost, almost got the job done. That could be a huge advantage for Linden. They have played a couple of tight games. Yes, they've rolled over some teams, but I think about that Burlington matchup. I think about their matchup against Archbishop Murphy early in the season. That could pay some big dividends because they want to keep this one close against a very good Hawkinson team. Yeah, the Mount Baker game was close too. It was only yeah. one point game. Yep. I mean, it's and you know the Tumwater game was close. It's it's something that that Linden, you know, they they just they prepare so well and they win those close games and. What I really like about this matchup is that I think they do really well against pass-happy teams. I think yep. they have a very good secondary. They, I think they defend the pass so well. They, and yeah, they've played some run-oriented you know, oriented teams the last two weeks, but I think they're going to be really excited about this matchup. Tyler mentioned Coach Van Dalen earlier and just his long history, obviously, with the program. The longtime assistant to the late Hall of Famer, Kirk Cramey. Very familiar with playing in the T-Dome for state titles. But what has this week been like now in just his second year as the head coach? It's been pretty exciting. Uh, off the field, there's just a lot more, you know, get the T-shirts ordered, um, people sending you texts and emails and congratulations and all that. I'll be at the game in the Dome, you know, because, of course, it's warm. Um, but on the field, I think it's been very normal, very, this is what we do every week. This is what we've been doing now for a very long time. Uh, our schedule really didn't change at all for from last week, same game time, same bus schedule, um, same trips to Civic for practice. I mean, it's it's been very um, normal on the field, and so I think that's good for our kids. Picking up a ninth state championship won't be easy for Linden, though, against Hawkinson. The team features a quarterback in Levi Crum that has thrown for over 3,500 yards and 51 touchdowns. That's not even their best player. That honor goes to junior wideout Sawyer Racanelli. Valencia says the offense runs through him. It, it does. He is 
by far their best player as far as, you know, like recruit, you know, he's only a junior, but, but recruit state-wise and stuff like that. But he, he, he became the wildcat quarterback in short yardage situations this year and yeah, has those, you know, can, can run in, you know, he, he's hard to tackle. But yeah, he's mostly known as a, as a wide receiver and what, you know, what, 20 touchdown receptions, which is just unheard of. And this team has two of them. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, he is the real deal. And when you see him, he looks like he's about 22, 23 years old playing against 17 year olds. He's just very strong, fast, tall. How about this? Racanelli needs just five receptions this weekend to become the fifth player in state history to have 100 receptions in a season. Thank you, Ryland Spencer, for the numbers. He now has 4,463 receiving yards for his career. That's just 714 yards behind former Prosser wideout Cody Bruns uh, with 5,177 for career receiving yards. He is, it, it all runs through him. I, I mean, he, he threw for a touchdown, he ran for two touchdowns, and, and had a reception for a touchdown in their victory last week. Uh, sometimes, though, if there's one guy that is the focus of a team, and I know they have two big stars here, but he's their guy, sometimes that's easier for a team to say, we're going to just take this guy out one way or another. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm sure Linden's been thinking about that. I mean, if you stop Racanelli, you've probably got a pretty good chance of winning the football game. You know, yes, they do have other guys. You know, they've got, uh, you know, uh, Nick Fricetti, who was their tight end. Yep. That they've moved over to wide receiver since they lost a wide receiver to a foot injury. and But they don't really, you know, you look at their running back stats, they really don't have a big running back, per se, on that team. And that's why Racanelli's been going back there in short yardage situations because he's so good. Yeah, you're right. The key is going to be containing him. And, I mean, he's going to get his yards, no question about it. But it's limiting what he does with those yards. So how do you stop this high-octane offense? Well, that's the big question facing Van Dalen and his staff. They've got a couple really dynamic players, and we'll have them identified on on each play. Um, Offensively, we want to control the the pace of the game. Um, that'll be a, a big part of it. And I think the biggest thing is just these are high school boys, and we just need to let them play the game. You know, one down at a time. No play is bigger than any other play. Much easier said than done. But uh, I love having a, a group of seniors leading us through this because I feel like uh, this is something they've worked for for a long time, and they're just ready to go out there and get to work. On the other hand, Hawkinson certainly has not faced a team led by two equally standout quarterbacks like James Marsh and Brock Hepner. The two have combined for 2,939 yards and 42 touchdowns on the ground and through the air. So how do the senior and junior describe the chemistry they have and what the experience has been like to split the signal caller duties? Fun. I mean, I love throwing to James. I mean, I hope he loves throwing to me, but uh, it's, I mean, we're both like our biggest fans and we love it when we make plays. So it's, it's been kind of, it's, it's worked really well just because I can look up to him and go over to him and talk to him the whole time and use that knowledge when I go out there and play. And Yeah, I mean, I love throwing it up to a big 6'5 receiver like that. James, let me ask you about it because obviously, you know, senior and you're a guy, hey, this is my team and I'm the quarterback, and a young guy comes along and he steps in. I remember we had the Lakewood game and we had him on the post-game interview. First thing he said was, all props to James. First thing he said was talking about James. Obviously, you guys have to have a very good relationship and chemistry to make this all work. Yeah, well, we definitely have really good chemistry. I mean, we've been playing sports together since sixth grade when I moved out to Linden, and Brock's always been right by my side. He's never, I've never seen him as an inferior guy below me. He's always been my teammate right next to me, so I just knew it was going to work out. Now, quite often, if you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't really have one quarterback on a given team. Uh, it doesn't usually work this way, and, and it is. It's as, as talented as they both are, the bigger storyline is how their chemistry is, how they get along, how there's no one-upmanship between the two, and how they're so interchangeable at quarterback and wideout that you know you never know how they're going to star game in, game out. Yeah, and it's it's not like they say, oh, you know, you're going to do two series, and I mean they they religiously go back and forth. Yep, it does not change. It's it's they don't go with a hot hand. They're very very similar. They can both run, like you said, with the stats earlier. Uh, Marsh might be a little quicker. Brock likes to run through you. Yep. Um, he loves the contact. I mean, some of the runs I've seen this year where he just plows into a safety and keeps going. 
Um, he does not want to do it. He does not have a juke move in him. He doesn't care to. Right. Um, and James can run past you. And and other than that, they can both throw beautifully. And they're right. They're each pretty tall, so they can throw to those tall receivers. Carson Bodie's six four. Kobe Elsner six feet. Dakota Barr six five. They, they just have great targets, great chemistry, and it's just a great team. So, what do these two high-powered offenses bring to the table defensively? Not a giant surprise. They're both good here, too. Linden giving up just 13.9 points per game, second only to Linden Christian out of Whatcom County. They've also recorded three shutouts with two coming in the postseason. Hawkinson gives up just 16.2 points per game, but is yet to record a shutout. The teams share one common opponent in Archbishop Murphy. Hawkinson blistered the Wildcats 42-13 back on September 6th. The Lions topped Archbishop Murphy 24-21 September 21st. Quickly, before we run out of time in this segment, biggest key that you see in this game? Uh, Kobe Elsner is probably going to be on Racanelli. Yeah. That's my guess. And I'm sure he'll get some help from Vandriot as well. And But the safeties for Linden, I mean, the whole defensive backfield for Linden is going to have to do their job, and they're going to have to keep the Hawkinson receivers in front of them and tackle them in open space when when they do make the catches. They can't let them get longer yards. Tyler, what do you think? I think getting pressure on the quarterback yep. for the Linden defense, and I think that with the with the defensive ends that they have, it, it, it can be done um, offensively. I just think they need to control the clock, run the ball, don't get any silly penalties, holding penalties that can get them behind the sticks. They just need to stay ahead of it. And there you have it. That is our ever-popular game of the week. That's right. Linden versus Hawkinson for the 2A state title on Saturday. Kickoff at 1 o'clock with coverage beginning at 1230 from the Tacoma Dome online right here at onthedln.com. Oh, don't worry. We're not done yet. Our picks for the Dogs and the Hawks and the viral sensation Three Questions comes up next on the Cover 3 Podcast. The prep football season is underway and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. It's Linden versus Hawkinson for the 2A state championship Saturday. Coverage from the Tacoma Dome begins at 12.30 p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. Final segment of the Cover 3 podcast with Doug, Jeff, and Tyler right here on the Doug Lang Network. So glad to have you listening along. It is the worldwide sensation. Three questions so you can get to know your Cover 3 broadcast crew that much better. All right. Uh, this one. These are pretty simple, actually, this week. Um, <clears throat> would you rather be cold or hot, meaning like, you know, frozen temps or blistering heat. Tyler, you're up. I would rather be cold. Really? No question. Really? Yeah. Like uh, cold, like you want like the parka and the whole thing? And uh, No, I can handle cold weather a lot better than hot weather. Okay. So I, I, I think I would rather it be 20 degrees than 100 degrees. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff? Give me the heat. Yep. Turn it up. You want it like Arizona desert Arizona, heat? Yeah. yeah. I would love to live in Arizona if the rest of the family would allow me to. Really? But yeah, I would As love As opposed it. to a vacation in Michigan? Yes. <laughs> yes exactly. You know, I, I just like the heat. I, I love yeah. the sun. Yeah. I, I feel better in the sun. I yeah. probably have that sad disease or whatever. Sure. Seasonal disorder or something, because yeah. I'm miserable this time of year around here. So. <laughs> Might have to do with work too. But Be, yeah, befriend your local postman. <laughs> shake his hand. Pick him up. Okay. <laughs> Turn that frown upside down. Maybe bring him a blanket because he's cold. That's right. Uh, okay. Uh, well, clearly, Jeff, you are one thousand percent correct. Tyler, you are miserably wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. Cold can go itself, as far as I'm concerned. It, it's just awful. 
it, there's just no point in it. I know, and thankfully, Pacific Northwest, it doesn't get too awful. But I can handle, like, I can handle, like, cold. Like, it's it's 19 degrees out, and it's just icy and kind of cold. But cold and wet and yeah, rainy, yeah. damp. You just, it, no, no, I'm sorry. It's like skiing. What's the point? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, you you just, don't need to be wet and cold yeah, at the same Wait, time. hold on. It's cold and it's wet, and I can go to the top of the mountain and then... Put some put some sticks on and go down at you know blinding speeds, or I could be in a boat and we could water ski where it's 85 degrees out. Yay! I think you know the right answer there. Uh, a zillion years ago, a uh, former broadcast partner of mine, I think you guys might know who I'm talking about. Uh, we could never agree on heat or cold, uh, and had a rental car that had the alternate uh, temps for the two seats. So uh, incredibly cold on the driver's side, just a tropical rainforest on the passenger side. And in the middle, right over the emergency brake, the equator, it just rained the entire trip. Perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. perfect. It was absolutely perfect. All right, moving on. <clears throat> Christmas Eve or Christmas Day for presents and why? Jeff? Uh... Christmas Day. Yeah. Now, if you ask my dad, it would be Christmas Eve just to get it over with. Really? But, yeah. Just had enough. He, yeah, he just wants it over with. But no, it's a. I'm, I'm a Christmas morning guy. Yeah. yeah no, not sure. even like a single present on Christmas Eve. Uh, did you ever try and lobby for that as a kid? No, we did. We yeah. did as a kid, and yeah, you know, Brady gets to open one. Oh, one gift well. Christmas Eve. So he, mm. you know, he's down with that. Okay, so. I see. Yeah, Tyler. Uh, I always grew up with it being Christmas Eve morning because we had other things to plan. Christmas Eve morning, right? Wow. And so okay. we had a thing going on later that night, and then another thing at the grandparents, you know, wow. the next okay. day. So you so, had your gifts way before yeah, everybody else. Yeah, it was really spread out. Okay, yeah, and, I see. And and it's just and you know things have changed. Obviously, sure. everyone has their own families now, but it's still a Christmas Eve thing. Wow, and it's just always been that way. Yeah, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. Dad's side of the family, uh, all German, did Christmas Eve. Uh, worked out. Mom's side of the family all Christmas morning, but young Doug was a, a champion lobbyist back in the day to get at least one to open up on Christmas Eve out of mom, no matter what it was. Plus, I was also just amazingly good at finding where she had hid the presents and <laughs> and the ability to unwrap them sometimes take them out of the box and play them like Coleco, the little, the, uh, handheld, uh, baseball. uh, football, baseball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like get batteries, put them in, play it, then put it back, wrap it all up, put it back in there. And then, cause you didn't want, you know, you didn't want mom to see it. So that was the one that you always chose on Christmas Eve, just like right away. Like just get that out of there. Cause that could really screw things up for the other <laughs> presents. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, and then the final one, <clears throat> Because it makes a lot of sense here. Best and or worst moments for you in the T-Dome. All right. Tyler, you're up. Haven't been there many times. Yeah. First uh, time ever for the Gridiron Classic. Yes. Um, probably best moment yeah. would be at uh, the Matt Classic. Ooh. Uh, and um, seeing some friends of mine do really well. Uh, Travis Lograndi getting third in state at nice. the heavyweight wrestler, only a second year wrestling. Nice. Uh, worst moment, um, man, I'm trying to think if I ever went to a Sonics game there or yeah, anything. I didn't I enjoy just, Sonic games there at all. Yeah, it I felt just, wrong. I feel like I think I went there for state basketball. Uh, played in the high school band for Mount Baker, and we were two and out. I mean, we 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 won a district title. We were a 500 team, yeah. and then you get there, and then boom, boom, and you're done. Yeah. So that was probably the worst moment. Um, but how were you at playing anything by Survivor or um, uh, what's the what's the uh, uh, well Smoke on the Water? You guys, the band had to play that. Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember yeah. we combined with the Nooksack band once to play Smoke on the and Water. And at that point, are we already playing like We're Leaving for Venus? <laughs> na, na, na. Oh man, we played all of that yeah, stuff. It was yeah, great. Yep. All right, Jeff, what do you got? My my most memorable moment would probably be when Meridian and Coach Bob Ames won their first state ah, title after being that, yeah. so close so many times yep. prior, and for them to finally get over the hump in dominating fashion. Yes, very dominating. Uh, that was probably my most memorable moment in the Tacoma Dome. My worst moment actually 
I was heading to the Tacoma Dome. We didn't even get to the Tacoma Dome. Uh-oh. Uh, I believe I was a senior in high school. Yeah, I think I was. And we went to go, I, me and my girlfriend at the time, and another couple went to go see MC Hammer in the Tacoma Dome. Yes! Yes! And Too legit! Too legit to quit. And, <laughs> and I'll never forget. Sweet it was pants, cold. Man. It was December. And my girlfriend's mom said, I don't think this is a good idea. You guys go in. I said, nah, it's all good. We're fine. <clears throat> we got to Everett. <laughs> and it started snowing. Ooh. And icy. And we were crawling along. Yep. And we got about... The exit before uh, the Tacoma Dome, and on the radio they announced that the concert had been canceled oh. due to the weather oh. because MC Hammer and his fancy pants couldn't get to the Tacoma Dome. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. He, I thought he was too legit. Yeah, he I mean, wasn't on. very yeah. legit. He and, did quit. Yeah, and yeah. we ended up somehow. I mean, the freeway was just a mess. People were leaving their cars in the middle of I-5. We somehow ended up in Puyallup and the four of us staying in a hotel room. Yeah, baby. Which went over really well with the uh, girlfriend's parents wow. and uh, wow. the other parents. But yeah, that was probably easily my worst time with yeah. the Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. When he comes back, don't worry, he won't be playing the T-Dome. We, you and I can go. We'll go to the EQC we'll and enjoy it. We'll go to the EQC, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, uh, Tacoma Dome. I cannot rattle off enough best moments because of all of the opportunities that I've had to call state championships there, both in the football and basketball realm. I've had some great games, fantastic games. The comeback by Linden where they uh, – the safety, Against the Bronzer. onside kick. Yes. Yeah unbelievably unbelievable call unbelievable fun uh, the meridian game you're talking about i remember interviewing bob ames down on the field afterwards there's just been so many it's too hard to put together as far as which is the best the worst is very simple and very easy and it does involve a concert it does not involve mc hammer or jeff's old girlfriend or staying in a hotel uh but it does involve me going and seeing judas priest i'm not sure which tour it was it might have been defenders of the faith i'm not sure uh but uh, me and my uh, buddies uh, Andy and Steve, we uh, we had tickets, but we decided, hey, let's hit the floor. It's GA down there. We want to work our way up to the front, <laughs> and uh, and so they were kind of out in front of me, and I'm following them, and they're kind of throwing some elbows, getting through there, and knocking people over, and and they're gone. Well, they knocked over a guy, and he turned around, and he was looking for Andy and Steve. He just saw me, and then I just saw his fist, oh. and he punched me out. Uh, right across the chin, I went down to my knees and was supported by the crowd because the song was, of course, going on and everybody was enjoying the show. So I just rocked back and forth Ugh. in a semi-state of uh, out. Uh, and then I just decided, yeah, this sucks. I've been punched out here at this concert. I went all the way up to the very top of the dome in the back and sat there and hated the show for... <laughs> The rest that of will the happen. night. Yeah. Yes. So uh, if I see you at the T-Dome, everybody, do not take a swing at me, okay? I've got some flashback issues. All right. There you have it. Hopefully you know a little bit more about us with three questions. That's the Cover 3 Podcast 2-Minute Warning here on the Doug Lang Network. Time to put a wrap on it. You know how we do. It is the Pac-12 Championship UW versus Utah 5 o'clock. Who you got, Jeff? Uh, let me guess. Yeah, the Huskies. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker on that one. Tyler. Yeah, definitely the Huskies on this one. For yeah. Sure. Uh, it's a clean sweep. Huskies win this one. Plus, who wants Utah to be a Pac-12 champ? It just doesn't even sound right. Geographically, no. it's all wrong. Uh, Seahawks hosting Richard Sherman and the 49ers coming up on Sunday. Who you got? Seahawks. Big time. Does Sherm get booed or? He'll get cheered, I think. Yep. He'll get cheered. He'll get a lot of and love. I predict he will get an interception in the game. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to win. I really like the new young quarterback that the 49ers have been playing with, but yep. uh, Seahawks. Yep, I think the Seahawks win this one as well. And Richard Sherman, I agree with Jeff. I think he will get an interception. The crowd will go crazy. And he will be bombastic afterwards in the post-game press conference, even after a loss. You can count on it. 
Alrighty, that'll do it for us. Remember, Saturday, state championship showdown in the 2A ranks, and it should be a dandy. Lyndon Hawkinson will have it all for you on the Doug Lang Network. 1 o'clock kickoff, 12.30 with the pregame show. We'll hope to have you listening along online at onthedln.com. Plain and simple, it's time to say Go Lions. We'll see you all in Tacoma on Saturday. Thanks so much for listening along. We'll chat again on the Cover 3 podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cover 3 podcast. Download and listen each week on iTunes, TuneIn.com, Stitcher Radio, and online at OnTheDLN.com. Whatcom County Prep football fans, we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network.